Okay. Well, I am um, Steve Trevino, and you are on the Steve and Captain Evil podcast. However, there is no Captain Evil today. Um, I don't want to get into details. Uh, we've talked a lot already about um, the situation here at the Trevino. So um, we will. We would love to have your continued thoughts and prayers. Thank you so much. I am flying solo today, but I might. I might chime in. Um, kind of like uh, Renee was here. Like I would. Like if I'm saying something, and I think Renee will argue, interject, or. Um, contest what I'm saying, I'll try to say what I think she might say. Um, we do have to give it up for Aztec Chevrolet, always being there for us, always being amazing. You know, guys, Aztec Chevrolet, they're in Uvalde, Texas. They are in Goliad, Texas, with a Ford dealership. If you're looking for Ford, um, give them a call. Now, remember, they are in small markets. So you can, you can go to a dealership in a huge town and get treated like a dealership in a huge town or you can go to that neighborhood dealership give them a shot they will value you as a customer because they know that they have to treat their customers right because they see them at the grocery store because they see them at school because they value every single customer so aztec chevrolet old salt coffee please 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 get a subscription I did get a message from somebody and they said, oh my gosh, can't live without my Old Salt Coffee. It is that good. I have gotten to the point with Old Salt Coffee that, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a drip coffee guy. I don't, I don't drink the fancy coffees. I drink drip. Um, and I'm yet to find another place that I like the coffee as much as I like Old Salt Coffee that I brew right here at my house. So uh, Old Salt Coffee, Trevino 10, please put that in there. Our friends at Pick Cherries definitely need you to... Um, Uh-oh, I lost Rick. Rick, are you there? Um, desperately need you guys to um, download Pick Cherries, an amazing app to get you started to listening to podcasts. So please, please do that. Um, Rick, I, I lost you there. I was just saying that, you know, and, and you can do this too. If I'm talking and you feel like Renee would interject, argue, contest, uh, at that moment, let's say, hey, here's where Captain Evil Renee would jump in and shit all over you, Steve. So, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you think she would chime in um, and then I will act as her. Um, it, it, it has not been, um, easy here at the Trevino's. Um, we are absolutely dealing with, with a lot, but that is life. And, you know, I look at things, um, as, you know, I, I gotta be strong. I gotta continue. I gotta continue to put a smile on my face. I gotta make sure, um, that the kids don't see a change in our personalities and our attitudes. And I would say that, that me and, Renee, um, have done a, an amazing job of that. So, um, I'm very proud of Renee and, and the strength that, that she has showed, um, to myself, to her family, to her kids. Um, amazing woman, as you know, and, and, um, it, it's just been tough, uh, but we're doing good. We, you know, please don't think that, that we're not doing well. Renee just has things to do and, and she's doing those things. Um, 
So I am flying solo. We did not have an episode last week because um, we were in Hawaii. Dude, Rick, have you done Hawaii before? No, I'm dying to, but I don't know if I want that flight. Ugh, dude, here's, here's what I will tell you, Rick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody my assessment of Hawaii. Um, and, 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 and specifically um, Waikiki and uh, Honolulu, because that's where I was. I did not go to Maui. I did not go to um, Kauai. I did not go to the Big Island. I specifically went to Honolulu. We stayed in Honolulu. That's where we stayed. So what I will say about Honolulu, well, first of all, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful place. Um, definitely very, very unique. Um, I, I will also say, Rick, that I am very proud to say that I was able to take my family to Hawaii. Um, but it, it, let's, let's do all the positives. Absolutely beautiful. Um, quality time with my dad, my stepmom, uh, my wife, my kids. Um, Garrett, we went out there to surf on Waikiki Beach. Surfers everywhere. Um, and we were trying to get Garrett a private lesson or a lesson. All the lessons were booked up, so... I just rented surfboards for me and Garrett. Holy cow. Get like two tries. Garrett is surfing. Like, I mean, on the board. I mean, dude, he looked like a surfer. It was so cool to watch my son surf. And then, you know, I would help him paddle back out and, and not even like help him paddle. I mean, I would sometimes I would just walk him back out excuse me, to the surf, push him into the wave. And then dude, Garrett was like, I mean, by the end of it, he's trying to do moves. Like that's how good he got. Like he was trying to do things that he saw other people do. I mean, he probably the first day he rode out of 15 waves. He rode 10 of those all the way in and 13 of those he rode. I mean, it was awesome to watch my son surf. He fell in love with it. He thought it was awesome. The negative part about that is that there are people freaking everywhere. There are people everywhere. And Garrett got really good. So we left the small break and went to the big break. And Garrett, now I'm out there helping him. I'm out there on my surfboard. You know, with, with there's all these like surfers out there. And I'm trying to help Garrett like um, surf out there, which he was able to but we got yelled at the whole fucking time. Like, and, and feel free to chime in, Rick, and help me out. But, I mean, the whole time, these guys are like, move out of the way and get out of here. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, there's fucking hundreds of people out here, hundreds. And if you're a local serious surfer, why are you at the tourist surfing spot? There's an entire island that you can go surf. Why would you choose the one that is where all the amateurs and tourists go to try and surf? Like, that was my frustration. I would tell him to fuck off, man. I was so pissed off. I'm like, fuck off, dude. Like, we're, you know, he's seven. I've never surfed before. He's doing a great job. 
we're doing the best we can to stay out of people's ways. But why, if you are a die, and you could tell that they were like locals, if you're a diehard surfer, go find somewhere else to surf, dude. Surf, surf around other people who know how to surf. Th this beach in particular is a tourist beach. There's freaking 50 um, um, places to rent boards. There's a hundred guys trying to teach surfing lessons. Uh, like, why, why did you come here to surf? Like, that's, it's, it, you know, that's like the fucking people that move into an apartment complex and they want the apartment, by, they choose the apartment by the swimming pool and then they're pissed off that the swimming pool's loud. Like, motherfucker, go live somewhere else if you don't want this. I mean, what did you think was going to happen at the apartment swimming pool? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. So I was very frustrated in, in the fact that here I have my seven-year-old. We're at a tourist spot. We are trying to be as, as, as respectful as possible to everybody. But there's people everywhere, like literally everywhere, and they were yelling at us. But watching Garrett surf, being with Garrett, and, and seeing him get on that surfboard and surf, I was able to get up and surf, which I, I've never surfed before. But I was able to stand up and surf, and I loved it, and it was awesome. Um, one of the days, we booked, like, a, a tour of the island. Um, I posted that like crazy that day because, man, we were just, let's go here, let's go here, let's go here. We saw, like, a third of the island, absolutely beautiful, did Pearl Harbor, um, saw all the hot spots, took really cool pictures, um, our guide was, was a local born and raised, um, Hawaiian guy, which, which leads me to this part of the conversation. The thing I loved most about Hawaii or Honolulu was the locals. I, their culture, the way that their, their attitude is their love for their Island, their love for adventure, their love to take care of the land um, they're so welcoming. Um, they taught me the shaka, you know, they taught me, you know, everywhere you go before you know it, you, you're saying aloha, everybody, you know, you go to these shops and oh, aloha and aloha and aloha. I mean, the, the, the culture of the people, um, was beautiful. I will say that I also felt like, because one of the days we decided to just kind of go rogue, see the backside of the island, go do, go try to eat at local restaurants, try to be part of local towns that were not specifically tourist towns. And I could tell that they, they weren't, they were, they were not as friendly towards us like they were towards the local people. So I, 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 I got the feeling that the locals don't quite like the tourists, which is, which is, which is crazy to me. Right. I mean, it, it, again, trying to give an example that would like, that would be like Vegas saying, you know, we don't like the, the, the gamblers. Well, that is your economy. Your entire economy is the casinos. Hey, Hawaii, most of your economy is tourism and the people that bring the money from the mainland to spend it on 
all the things that we were spending money on from from Lay's to the food to the restaurant. And and me and Renee specifically really tried to support local. We really tried to book things through the local people at the islands. But but we definitely felt um, a little bit of a huh, attitude towards us. But absolutely beautiful, man. We did this, you know, the tour guide, you know, because we have Delilah, she's two and a half. We have my parents who are who are senior citizens. You know, he goes, we got to do a hike. We got to swim in a watering hole. Um, but because, of, you know, we'll do a, a, a quick, easy one. And it wasn't that easy, but gosh, it was beautiful. I mean, waterfalls. And, and we went from from trees to bamboo to pine trees to waterfall. I mean, it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And Delilah and Renee were behind me and Garrett doing the hike. And I'm so proud of Delilah, man. She, she, and it was slippery and it was muddy and there was, it wasn't easy, but Delilah did it with mine and Renee's help. And we'd care, we'd have to carry her, um, over some things, but man, we get to this beautiful watering hole and, and it was just stunning and, and gorgeous. And that now the crazy part, Rick, I don't know if you know this, but there are fucking random chickens everywhere. You see that in the movies a lot. Like, every time they show Hawaii, you, you see that. I don't think there's a choice. Bro, there are chickens fucking... Like, dude, in the parking lot of the CVS, there's just chickens and roosters. Like, I, I mean, just every... Dude, Garrett's like, you know, here we have a chicken coop, and there's fucking chickens everywhere. I mean, dude, thousands and thousands of chickens randomly everywhere like you're walking out of the hotel and there's chickens and you're like what the fuck is going on i will say rick this is where you come in in my opinion you could have a better vacation in mexico i've been to all of these i've been to mexico i've been to the keys i've been to the bahamas all a better vacation. Beautiful beaches, nicer hotels, the service is better. Um, it, Hawaii, the hotels weren't that great. Um, I, I My opening joke uh, performing in Waikiki was, I go, you know, I had all these expectations for Hawaii. I get to Waikiki and it's basically the Asian Miami. That's what it is. Waikiki is the Asian Miami. But Rick, 10 times more expensive than the States. 10 times. Well, give me an example. Like, what do you say is 10 times? Is it like a, a, a Coke is 10 times more? Or is it like just dinner, night out? So breakfast at the hotel for six people one of which was free, so five people, are you ready for this? Was $300. But what, what, what's the restaurant? Like, is it nice or is it just your kind of typical? No, your, dude, your typical hotel buffet. You know, the omelet station, 
the scrambled eggs, the bacon, the sausage, the biscuits and gravy, fruit and pastries, just like you would get at a nice Marriott, you know, anywhere else, right? It was $300. So after that, my dad goes, we can't do that again. That's ridiculous. Let's get out of the hotel because we stayed at a, at a Marriott, which again, dude, my Marriott was, was three, four times more than any Marriott I've ever paid for. And it was, it was, in my opinion, a two and a half, three star hotel. And it was three times more than, than, I mean, dude, the Marriott that I stayed at in Marco Island, oh my God, was three times cheaper and, and it was a five star. This was three times more expensive and it was a two and a half star. I mean, and, and the, the amount of money I spent on that hotel room was insane. Not to mention, they also said, oh, you know, when I was looking online, you're going to have a junior suite. And then I got my parents next to us, a regular room. Do you want to know? And, and by the way, I paid double for the junior suite than I did for my dad's room. The only difference was in our restroom, we had a shower and a tub. That was it. Number one, Marco Island is extremely nice, but it's extremely wealthy. Did it feel like that the locals, like where you were staying at, were wealthy? Like, is it a wealthy area? Well, yeah, like I said, Waikiki is like is like the Asian Miami, right? I mean, what where my where my show was, it was you know like Rodeo Drive. It was Rolex. It was Chanel. It was Louis Vuitton, it was all of Japan and Asia come to Waikiki to do their American shopping. Um, but holy crap, dude, like, I'm telling you, two, star, two and a half star hotel, twice as much as a five star hotel in Marco Island. It was, and I mean, you know, I felt bad because the amount I paid and, and, you know, I told the kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, um, you know, um, you know, I told the kids, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome hotel. I mean, cause for the price that I was paying, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be nuts. Right. Dude, it was two and a half stars, shitty little pool. Some of the shops in the hotel were closed down. Um, the rooms weren't great. I, I mean, it was, dude, I was let me put it to you this way. If, if I had not had a show there and I was like, I'm doing this, I would have been very upset because for the amount of money that I spent to fly my parents, to fly me, my wife and the kids, the hotel, the whole, everything that I spent to be there, I could have literally flown out and paid for all of my siblings, all of Renee's siblings, Renee's parents, all of my parents, to go all-inclusive to Cancun. I feel like this is where Renee would chime in and say something about making memories and how great it was. Uh, again, uh, yes, she would. She would say no, but it was it was cool, and we got to see Hawaii, and yes, we did 
it was cool and it made me proud to do this with my family. I enjoyed every moment and I tried to take in every experience, but would I do it again as a vacation? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It, it, it just, dude, it, it, for the price, you can surf, you can sit on a beautiful beach, and you can hike. Yeah, uh, can, can I get the head for a second? Yes. Because I'm dying to know how it was performing there, and do you find a difference, I, I know you travel all over the world to perform, but do you find differences from like the mainland to Hawaii? A, a, a little bit, right? Um, you know, we did sell out all the shows, which I was extremely proud of. So, oh, I'm glad you brought that up, because yes, we should skip ahead to that. Uh, the shows were absolutely amazing. The venue was beautiful. Um, the staff was absolutely amazing. And, and um, the shows, I was so happy to, to perform there. Um, I did have, I had a Samoan guy. I, I, Rick, I'm, how tall are you? 6'4". Okay, this guy had to be 6'8". And you're a big guy, but his shoulders were probably another six, seven inches wider than yours. Um, oh my gosh, dude. This guy picked me up in the meet and greet line like I pick up Garrett, like a baby. He held me. He, he, he went under my legs, under my shoulders, picked me up and held me like a baby. There's got to be someone who took a photo. Somebody had to have, but, and dude, I'm, and his wife, just as big as him. But the warmth, I mean, dude, he has the fucking tattoos on the, he had the tattoos on the face. He had the, the tribal tattoos all over his arms and his shoulders. I mean, this man was massive and fucking scary looking. Braided ponytails coming out the sides. I mean, this fucking dude. And he's like, brother, cousin, we love you in, in Maui, cousin. Come to Maui, cousin. Like, I mean, this dude. And I was at one point, I'm like, okay, I would love it if you put me down. He was huge. But that leads me to this. So after my show, I had no idea that the Blue Note was hosting an after party for this famous Hawaiian singer who ch had just sold out um, like 30,000 seats or whatever, right? So I get to meet my niece, Reina, who's a Marine, is going to marry a, a Navy guy. They went to Texas A&M together. They are now stationed in Japan together. Her, her, fa her future father-in-law um, was... Uh, I got to meet him. So he came out um, two nights, super fucking cool dude, super high up in the, in the Navy ranks. He's a warrant officer, um, really enjoyed his company. Afterwards, the second night, he goes, dude, this guy that's going to perform tonight, I have to see him. He's a, he's a Hawaiian legend. And he's like, everybody here in Hawaii loves him. They think he's amazing. We have to stay. I'm like, all right, man, we'll stay. We'll have a drink. That was one of the most beautiful nights I had in Hawaii. Dude, this guy comes out. And by the way, 
the venue completely lets all my people out, all new people, all the people in there were, you could tell original Hawaiian people, right? And you had a lot of the Samoans in there with the tattoos and the, the whole thing. Well, dude, he's singing songs I've never heard of ever in my life. And the audience is, huh? Who is this guy? It's not Jack Johnson, is it? It's Jack Johnson. Uh, let me check. I'll tell you right now. Let me look him up. I got to see it. I got to see it. Older white man. Jack Johnson. Singer? Yeah, singer songwriter. No, not Jack Johnson. Okay. It was an older, older, like heavy set white dude. You know, came out with the ukulele, the whole thing. But dude, he's singing songs that only Hawaiians know. Like if you're not a local, you don't know what the fuck is going on. And they're loving it. I'm watching these locals, they're loving it. Right? And they're 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 singing the songs, they're making requests. The dude on the thing is like, Thank you, my cousins and all my brothers, and I mean, they just have this Hawaiian thing, and it made me realize, you know, why people that move to Texas fall in love with us, because it felt very like their own thing, and Texas has its own thing, you know, and Hawaii had their own thing, and I wanted to be a part of it, because it was so fucking cool, you know, and then at one point, he goes, I'm going to sing a slap song, slap dance song I don't you know so he starts singing this song and all the the dudes that I, I and I could be wrong but all the dudes that were like Samoan dudes take their shirts off they got the tattoos they all look like um uh Jason Momoa or or uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson like I mean dude they start doing the ha and the ha ha, ha and they start doing like all of them in the audience some jumped on stage the audience is going fucking crazy. And I just felt like I was in on something. Like I got to hang out and be a part of something in Hawaii that was very real. And that was the most special part of my trip was being a part of that. Now the shitty part is Renee had gotten sick that night and that was the night that we were supposed to hang out and we didn't get to hang out. And, and, you know, as people on this podcast know, and, and if, you, if you know me enough, you should know that I like being with my wife and my wife is my best friend. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, the one night that Renee got sick, she missed the best part. My best friend missed the best part. And I just, I wanted to share that with her and I didn't get to share it with her. But gosh, Rick, it was special and it was cool, and it, it really made me feel, I mean, before you know it, you want to go shaka, and you want to cheer, and, and you want to say aloha, and you want to be part of what they got going on, because it's special, you know, so now I understand when people move to Texas, I used to look at them and be like, motherfucker, you know, who are you to wear cowboy boots? Who are you to wear a cowboy hat? You ever been on a ranch? You, you know, but now I understand that they come here they see what we have. They see the way we dress. They see the way we talk. They see the way that we expect how we treat women, how we expect our kids to be, and they want to be a part of it. 
I don't hate them so much now because for the first time in my life, I wanted to be a part of what they had going on. Does that make sense? Makes total sense, except, uh, you know, when you say they, you're talking about me. Yeah, but no, but yeah, you, you know, you, you, you're different though. Like you, you're, you're somebody that moved here and you, you're still very Detroit. You know, you, 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 I, I never see you in cowboy boots. I, you know, you, you're very Detroit. Gigi's very Miami. You guys embrace Texas, but you, you weren't, you, and, and again, I've learned not to be mad at you if you were. You're not the, we're going all Texas, right? You know, I, I never hunted before, but now I'm going to hunt. I never wore cowboy boots, but now I'm going to wear cowboy boots. I never said y'all, but now I say y'all, right? You, you, you know, I, but again, that's what I learned the most about this trip was I can understand how you would immerse yourself into that culture because I had that feeling that night of, oh my God, I want to be a part of this. This is fun. This is cool. This is like a, like a club, you know, does that make sense? When you feel welcome, and that's one thing about Texas, that if, if you don't move here and live here, why people drink the Kool-Aid and why we drink the Kool-Aid, the people are so inviting. So when people invite you into their culture, there's something very intoxicating about that. You know what? I, you hit the freaking nail on the head, Rick. Uh, thank God you're my co-partner today. Thank God you're Renee. Um, but yeah, I think Renee probably would have said something similar, is that yes, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, because they were so nice and inviting and, and they push their, they don't push it on you, but they introduce you to this, you're my cousin, you know, brother and give me a hug. And, and when we shake hands, we hug and shaka. And I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, it's when you get invited in, um, they were, they, you know, they never looked at me funny for being in that bar. They never, um, not made me feel welcome. I mean, it was, it was amazing, um, to see it from the outside looking in and, and having the feeling of, dude, I'm into this. Like, this is, I would love to be a part of this. I'm not, I'm a Texan and I love being a Texan and I will never be a part of that. I just had the feeling of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's great. It's great. So how many shows did you do? We did four shows. Um, Two Friday, two Saturday, all sold out, all great shows. Oh, no, the second show Friday did not sell out, but it was very close. Um, and then going back to, like, do, do I have to say things different? I remember, uh, what's the line? There's a couple things that I say that I'm like, oh, I don't think they do that here. I'm trying to think what it was, um, but I remember specifically in my act going, ooh, I'm about to say this, and I don't think they do that here. And I, and I forget what it was. It was um, maybe the Cabana story or is it Little League? While you're thinking of that, do you ever get tripped up having to think about that? Like, good when I've seen you back to back to back, like when it's 
two shows and then two nights in a row, how different your jokes are because you're, it's not so scripted. You're kind of free-flowing. Do you ever get tripped up? Like, all right, I'm going to say this word, but are they going to know it? Like, are you... Do you understand what I'm saying? Does, like, does the joke hit? Does it flow the same? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, but what people don't understand is that as I'm delivering my act, in my head, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. So I'm talking... And I'm having a full conversation in my head with myself while I'm performing. And, you know, it's kind of an out-of-body experience because I am talking, I am performing, I am in the performance, but I'm also in the back of my head having a conversation with myself, either trying to fix a joke, either trying to think, oh, do I need to change it? Is that line going to work here? Right, thinking about all that. So there are times that I'm not fast enough and I will be a, I'll, I'll, I'll be a heartbeat behind because mentally I just can't, I can't process all of it fast enough, right? Um, but there's never a moment that I'm on stage where I'm not having an internal conversation with myself while I'm performing. But the hard part right now is, you know, we are, we are going to film um, a special, uh, hopefully very soon. And right now I'm really trying to tighten the nuts and the bolts of the special so that it's perfect. So I'm not as, as free flowing and, and open um, as I have been in the past, because now really zeroing in on, on tightening um, the bolts and nuts of it. So, um, but yeah, there was a couple of moments where I was like, I don't think that relates here. However, there was enough people at the show that were from the mainland, right? All the military people, you know, and again, like I said, it's a vacation area. So a lot of vacation people, um, a lot of fans from Singapore that, that said that they come to Hawaii all the time, but they're huge fans. So they planned on coming to Hawaii while I was there. So that was really cool to do, you know, um, over, overall, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. Um, I love the culture. I love the people. Would I, would I tell you to go to Hawaii for a vacation? I would say absolutely not. For, for the price and for what they have to offer, it's just not worth it. But So here's where Renee chimes in and says, but Steve, you don't know how to vacation. You're always going. You're always moving. Everything's got to be kind of lined up where you're working. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Renee would definitely say that. Uh, and, and Renee and I had the same discussion. And, and, you know, we also have to keep in mind that you know, one of our favorite things that we did was was to go on a hike. And because we had a two and a half year old and a seven and a half year old, we, we just weren't able to do that. Um, you know, we, we wanted to go to the Jurassic Park place. We weren't able to do that because Garrett and Delilah aren't old enough to zip line. They're not old enough to do um, some of the cool stuff. We wanted to do an off-road UTV trip Delilah being two and a half, we could not. So we were also um, handcuffed, if you will, 
to to do everything we could have done, but you know, and and I hope this doesn't come off as arrogant or me bragging. You know, Renee and I we do really well financially, and dude, it hurt. I mean, it it really man, it was extremely expensive, and I, I just don't. I mean, even for me and Renee who do well to look at a three hundred dollar breakfast and go fuck man. Like, I, you know, I'm here seven days. If I do breakfast every seven days, that's $2,100 on breakfast. That's, that's insane. Because we went to, you know, we did make the decision to get out of the hotel, go and try to find a kind of a, a, a diner, if you will, for breakfast, because we did want the eggs, the bacon, the potatoes. You know, we did want a breakfast. Dude, it was still 200 and something dollars. You know, and, and you sit there and you go, okay, if it's $2,100 on breakfast and then it's another $2,100 for lunch and let's just say lunch and dinner, dude, that's $4,200 in seven days on, on food. What was the best thing that you ate there? We went to, um, we found a, a mom and pop, uh, again, trying to eat local trying to get off of the tourist shit, trying to go and, and support the island and support the people of the island. Uh, we found a, a Thai restaurant because, you know, here in Texas, we don't get good Thai food. Oh, my God. It was the absolutely amazing Thai food, most amazing Thai food we ever ate. But, you know, and remember, this is, it looked like it was in somebody's house, okay? But the atmosphere was great. The service was great. The food was amazing. Dude, for all of us, it was almost $600. Oh, and it was a, like, I don't know how people do it. And, and don't get me wrong. We definitely overdid it with the food because my dad and stepmom had never had Thai food. So we probably ordered for 10 and we were six. And a, well, five and a, and a two and a half year old. So we did have a bunch of leftovers that we took to the house, but man, even that was stupid expensive. I mean, I, in seven days, man, I mean, you, you don't close your wallet and it just keeps pouring out and you're like, God, man, this is insane. You know, one of the meals we, we, we shared food, you know, and, and by the way, everything is rice, meat, salad, right? Everything. Um, you always get white rice, which Garrett and my daughter love and I love. So, uh, it was perfect, but we shared a meal on the other side of the Island and it was still a hundred plus, you know, and, and you just sit there and you go, man, like how can, how can the average person go enjoy uh, Hawaii? I will tell you, join the military. <laughs> did, uh, did, yeah, I think, I mean, dude, Garrett is so hooked on surfing, you know, and we did take him snorkeling. He was really good at it. He loved snorkeling. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, I, I twisted my ankle um, to the point where there was a moment that we considered going to the emergency room because we thought it was broken. It was huge. And, and let me see if I can show, um, because, you know, here we are 
a week later, let me see if I can get this on camera. Um, and if you can see the, the, the ankle there, you see that? Can you see the bump right here? I see that tan line too. Oh yeah, buddy. Um, so yeah, I twisted my ankle, so I really couldn't participate as much as I would have liked the, the, the last two days <clears throat> because I was literally limping. I'm still in a lot of pain. Um, we thought I was going to have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> and <laughs> Renee and I have to go pick up a rental car because uh, this is the day that we're going to rent a car, drive around the island, kind of go rogue. And uh, my parents are with the kids. I wake up in the morning. This was Sunday morning after my shows. And Renee brings me a Starbucks coffee to get my morning going. Well, Delilah knocks the coffee over. My whole coffee spills. We get in the Uber and I ask the Uber driver, I say, hey, can you please stop anywhere? I'll, I'll drink any coffee or, or sugar-free Red Bull or whatever. Can you stop? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a store right over here. He pulls over while the side that is away from the traffic is on Renee's side. It's a minivan. And I want to do this fast because we have to be at the airport to pick up the, the, um, the uh, rental car. Dude, I jump out. I don't realize that he has put me on a driveway. And it's a steep driveway. So I'm thinking I'm going to jump out and hit sidewalk, level sidewalk. And I'm looking at level sidewalk on the right and the left, but not directly below me. It's like an optical illusion. I jump out, boom, twist my ankle right there on the street. And I go, had Delilah not dropped my coffee, I would not have twisted my ankle. Um, but it was literally jumping out of an Uber. I wish I wish I had a tougher, cooler story like, oh, you know, I was chasing chickens up a mountain or something. But um, nope, just getting out of an Uber sucks. But but overall, if, if you are thinking of a Hawaiian vacation um, and you absolutely want to go, if you have people that live there and you can stay at their house, bonus, uh, I would do it because it saves you the hotel. Um, but the flight was nine hours, um, which, by the way, Garrett and Delilah were absolutely amazing children. And it made me feel great when... People around us were like, oh, my God, your kids are amazing. I can't believe they're, they're acting this way on a plane. Wow. I mean, it was, that was cool. So they were amazing. But, man, you know, for the price, I'd go to Mexico. I'd go to the Bahamas. I would go to the Keys and, and not only have a better vacation, but spend less than half on that vacation. Hawaii, to me, is just, I mean, everybody says I need to go to, to Maui. Everybody says, well, go to Maui, go to Kauai, go see real Hawaii. And, and maybe, maybe you know, I, I think we're going to try to get booked in Maui. So maybe we go again. I mean, the bonus of it all was I didn't lose money because I was making money while I was there. I'm lucky and blessed and blessed and blessed to tell jokes for a living and get paid to do it and do it in Hawaii. So overall, it was a blessing. I'm happy that I got to do it with my family. The island is beautiful. The culture is amazing. However, very, very expensive. And it didn't quite feel like a beach vacation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, 
Did your dad go see you live? Yeah, dad dad went one night, him and him and my stepmom Sarah, they went one night to see me. Um and, and he you know, he he kinda you know, because I talk about him so much in this special. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's funny because he'll awkwardly say he's proud of me now. You know, <laughs> which it, you know he never said that before I started doing this special, and now he's like, "Hey, uh, uh you know, I'm uh, uh like it hurts him. Uh, I'm uh, I'm proud of you. You're proud." Like it's so funny to watch, dude. And 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 the thing about it, all of it is is I do know he's proud, and I do know that he loves me, and I do know that he's a good father. And and it's so funny to to put that out there because that's what I think is so special about this this special that we're gonna film is that I think that there are grown men out there that have not truly come to the realization and accepted that their dad does love them. And their dad is proud of them because they've never heard the words. I've been lucky enough to have some self-reflection, to look at everything and go, oh, I see how he's proud of me. I see how he loves me. He has a hard time saying those things. I forgive him. And I'm a very happy, um, somewhat adjusted young man now because I can. I do know that he loves me. And I do know he's proud of me. But I also think that it's such a special, uh, special because there are, I think, grown men that that have not come to the moment where I'm at, where I go, hey, my parents did the best that they could for me. They love me. They are proud of me. And I have to see that in them that they're showing me in their own way. So I hope that this special touches people in that way. Does that make sense? I don't obviously don't want to give anything away, but for those who've seen it, the truck bit is I think your best thing you've ever written. And I think that it's from being a father standpoint, you realize that that's love. Like the, the just waking up and driving you to school, you have to do it. And as a father, those are the kind of things you look back and go, Oh, my dad didn't love doing that, but he loved us. So he did it. Right. You know? Yeah. That's the beautiful part of it, you know, is, is the fact that, and that's why this special, goes out to the working man and woman because, you know, my dad's a, a one man, right? So if he didn't choose to have a wife or a family, he wouldn't have to work much at all to live the life that he already lived. But because he had a family and, be, and because these men love their kids so much, they wake up and they go pave roads. They wake up and they drive the garbage truck they wake up and they go to that electrician job. They wake up and go to those hard working jobs or drive an 18 wheeler, you know, three days on the road so that they can feed their family because they love their family. And that's the kind of stuff that I hope that that guy or girl sitting in the audience has a realization of, oh, wait a minute, that is love and that is pride and that is you know, the things that we should be appreciating about our hardworking parents, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and what's brilliant is that you make it funny. Like, like you could be angry about a lot of things that happen, but the fact that you found humor in it, that's what I loved about it because we all have the same parents. 
Right. We all do. Well, but, you know, yes, we all had the same parents. But remember, you know, there's a lot of young men who grew up without dads. And that's also what's special when, when, when young men come up to me and go, I'm learning how to be a dad from you. You know, when I saw your, your, your show live tonight and you said what a man does is wake up every day, go to work and sacrifice so that his wife and kids can live a better life than him himself. He goes, I now realize what it is to be a good man because of what you just said. So you, Steve, through you and your dad's story are teaching me what a good man is because I didn't have a good man in my life. You know, which by the way, you never, you, you very rarely hear that about mothers. So it also explains how strong mothers are, right? You know, that, that single mom that makes it all fucking work without a dad. Holy shit. How much love and strength does that woman have? Right? So it, there's so many layers to this new special and I'm so excited about it. And, um, man, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast with me and, and Captain Rick, uh, not Captain Evil. Um, we absolutely love you guys and man, do we have a big announcement to make for you guys, uh, here in the near future, all of our hard work, our hard work has paid off, uh, the love and support that you have given me, my wife, my team, everybody is paying off. Thank you so very much, guys. We love you. Hopefully, 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 uh, we will have Captain Evil next week for the podcast. I missed her dearly on this show. I miss our arguments. I miss her cutting in. I miss her beautiful outfits. Uh, so hopefully she will be back with us next week. But until then, keep loving each other. Keep doing the right thing, even if it's hard. We love you guys. Thank you.